welcome to episode 65 Fish Across the Pond, Marlin's UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me today for part one of this Fish Across the Pond doubleheader, we have two UK Yankee studs, absolute studs. First up, his second Fish Across the Pond appearance, part of the fantastic Empire Strikes Back podcast, Mark Blakemore, how are we? Good to see you, Pete. Thanks so much. Yes, the first, not my first uh, podcast with you, not in a pub, I think. True, true. But I do have a beer next to me, so, um, you know, I'm just, you know, some things never change, some may say. But you're right. Going back to that time, Mark, me and you, um, we recorded a segment. We were in a pub outside London Stadium last summer for game two, it was, of, of Yankees uh, Red Sox. Oof. Simpler times back then, I would say, right? I, would, I think you're right, yes. Most definitely. <laughs> and as well, just thinking about it, the connection here, starting that day for the Yankees, Stephen Tarpley, if I remember correctly too, right? He was, yes. Uh, now now a stud Marlin reliever too, back off the IL recently. So uh, we'll see whether we get a look at him. I think we'll get a look at him this series. Um, awesome, Mark. Great to have you along. Um, looking forward to this one. But also joining us and... Get ready for this resume. It is lengthy, no doubt. The man behind Yankees fans' UK fan account, a core part of the MLB UK community, part founder of podcast to be named later. Yes, I said it correctly. Contributor to Empire Strikes Back podcast, Yankees and Red Sox specialist on in-play runs. Jack Brown in the house. How are we, champ? Yes, not bad, Pete, not bad, Pete. And then you reeling off all that stuff makes me realise why am I um, other half complaining so much about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's not even watching the games, pretty much. That's, no, like, that's talking about it. That's before midnight. <laughs> exactly, mate, exactly. So, um, well, what a resume that is. You guys are telling you, active, active Yankee fans, which is awesome. Delighted to have you on. Uh, Jack, first appearance, I think, right? I don't think you've been Yes, on mate. Yeah, I've um, offered up my services numerous times to Pete because um, I am impartial. I can call it straight down the line, even when it does come to the Red Sox. But um, yes, I'm happy to, to make my debut tonight. Good man. Looking forward to this one, guys. Um, quick, it's right for us to do a quick round of intros. Um, Mark, I'll let you lead off. Give me your favourite current Yankee and favourite current Marlins player, if you know any. Okay, my, my favourite current Yankee has to be DJ LeMayhew, the man, his nickname is The Machine, that's exactly what he is, yeah. um, in line for a batting title this year. Uh, just whenever you need a base hit, he's always there, he always delivers, he's like, he's like a metronome, that guy, and we have to re-sign him in the off-season. He's, he's a free agent then, is he, yeah? He is technically, yes, he's a free agent. Oh, we, well. uh, we, we need to resign him. What was the other part you were asking about? Favourite Marlins player also. Current. My favourite Marlins player at the moment has to be the man you're adorning on your, t on your, on your chest at the moment, Miggy Rowe. Ah, oh, what a stud. What a yep, stud. Yep. Um, good man. We're going to dive into loads of bits now in this. Um, but Jack, a couple of little uh, intros for you as well, buddy. Uh, equally, who's your favourite current Marlin, of course, because it is a Marlins podcast. And secondly, a little bit of a trickier one for you, 
Who do you think the most overrated Yankee is on the roster right now? Okay, right. Let's start with um, my favourite Marlins player. I think it's got to be a tie between Sixto Sanchez. I think he's going to be a stud when, when yep. if he's not already. Um, and Lewis Brinson. I've got a soft spot for him, a bit like you, Pete. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know why. I, again, it's, it's, it's like I said on our podcast, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. I said, I don't know why I've ended up watching so many Marlins games this year. It just happens to be the way I've seen to just pluck, pluck them out. And um, mm. yeah, I, I think I'll go with them too as my two like, tied favourite Marlins. Um, didn't expect Brinson. Most, love, no, it, no. love that, love that but, call. Yeah, you've got to cheer him on, haven't you? He's, it's easy to root for, that guy. Um, and the most overrated Yankee. Ooh. Maybe it's our catcher, Jack. No, he's my. He's, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to ask me who's my favourite one because El Gary is my is my favourite. Um, overrated. I am going to say. Oh, you've caught me off guard on this one. Um, I'm going to say El Rodas Chapman. Mm. I think he's good, but I don't think he's worth the baggage and the money. Mm-hmm. I think we've got an equally good closer in Zach Britton. So I don't think we would missing too much. So yeah. I think he'd probably go my most overrated Yankee. Okay. Still love, still, still have him on my team, but yeah, I think he would, he would be my most overrated one. Who's got bigger biceps, Chapman or Eric Thames? I think Thames. He's, he's a big lad. He's <laughs> a big, he's a big, he's a big unit. <laughs> but then <laughs> Chapman isn't—he's quite tall though. Chapman's a bit taller, I think, and and um, Thames is a bit bit shorter. But they're both—you wouldn't want to come across them in a in a in a brawl, would you? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Hey, listen, let's let's park the brawls because there could be some brawls tonight. I'm telling you, the <laughs> Marlins are coming in spicy for this one tonight. But um, guys, before we dive into the Yankees season and and kind of leading up to this Marlins series, I guess it's right for us to to kind of take a little bit of a step back and look at the connection that we have now in, in a couple of ways, you know, namely Derek Jeter is now the CEO of, of the Marlins. Um, there's other, there's tons of other Yankees dudes littered across the organization. Now DJ Svillick, Gary Dembo, just to name a few, obviously Don Mattingly. Um, how, how closely do you follow the Marlins then Mark? Like, you know, knowing that I guess some of your legends are connected now to the Marlins as well. I, I think it's like Pete's, like, like uh, Jack said, we kind of, I've kind of got a soft spot for the Marlins for a couple of reasons. One, they're on the same time zone, so I see a lot of their games. Secondly, as you know, I've got them in an OOTP league that I'm in with yourself. Yeah. So I follow them a little bit for that. Also, as much as anything for, for you and the podcast and the rest of you guys, because in some ways you were the inspiration a little bit behind our podcast. Um, because of the way you were really talking the Marlins up and everything. we're doing <laughs> this and we're doing that and you spent half an hour really bigging the Marlins up and you look at the record and you're like, you know, 34 and 60 and you're so enthusiastic about your team. So yeah. kind of thinking behind ours was, well, if you get four Marlins fans who are really bigging their own team up, we should do the same for the Yankees because hopefully a bit better. 
Yeah, so, well, um, that's a fact. That is a fact. There's no doubt. <laughs> but as well, it's kind of like the plucky Marlins, really. You've been you've been sort of uh, cellar dwellers for so long that it's mm. good to see you guys on the up and up a little bit. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, just on, on Jeter in particular, having you know, having heard him speak a lot this year because you know there's been a lot of circumstances that that's meant he's at the talk. Um, but he just, to me, he just he's got his head fully screwed on and it. The strategy and the direction is clear. And what is obvious to, you know, the buck stops with Jeter too. It is his show in, at the Marlins. You know, there's other guys around, but Jeter is absolutely running that show. And loads of changes were made. I mean, look at the ballpark. Look how different the ballpark looks, for example. Jeter came in and went, that joke is gone. Um, we are having, you know, we've pretty much got, you know, Yankee Stadium kind of looking in some ways with, you know, blue everywhere and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of connection that we have with a lot of ex-Yankees over our way. Plus, the other connection we have, guys, we need a quick Stanton trade update. Um, <laughs> Jack, I've got to be honest, I, I've not been following any Yankees stuff this year, so I have no idea what Big G's up to. How many games do you reckon he's played this year? <laughs> he's, he's under 20. He's under <laughs> 20 games. Um, I think he's only got four home runs, so... He, when you're missing that kind of time, it's tough to sort of put the string of performances together. And even since he's come back from his injuries, there's a bit of an argument in Yankee world is, are we sort of mollycoddling them too much? Mm. They need, there's a limited period of time before the postseason. So how can we expect them to be postseason ready when they're not playing two, three, four games in a row? So, but you're yeah, going back to that trade. It's um, the first year, it, it, he was 150-odd games. He carried us when Judge got injured. He had his usual injury season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you thought, hang on, if he, he's a bit different, this guy. He's a big guy, but he seems to be... In, uh, not, not that Judge isn't, but he seems to be able to have the season, the full season. Since then, he's basically become a second judge, or him and Judge are the same player, effectively. They're, yeah. When they're in the team, they do... They do well. They hold their own. But when they're not, which is far too often, it, it just doesn't work. And you can almost say that they're, because they're the same player, you can't really have them sort of two and three in the lineup because the pitchers, are, it doesn't really work against them. So, yeah, it was a, it was a trade that had, we had to do. We had to pull the trigger on because of the structure of the deal. It was a no-brainer. You had to do it, and I think um, I think it's worked out for both sides. To be honest, it it definitely. I mean, from a Marlins perspective, um, irrespective of who came back, um, and it didn't matter. I mean, that wasn't the purpose of the trade. The purpose of the trade was to move the money. The, you go back to David Sampson and, and Jeffrey Loria's days when they signed Standen to that deal. It was uh, they probably knew they were selling the team anyway, so they weren't going to have to pay it. <laughs> firstly. But secondly, it was, we're going to sign Big G to this deal and we expect the fans to come. Big G was signed and the fans didn't come. So the deal all of a sudden made no economic sense for a small market team. I suppose it's almost, as you say, they knew they were going to sell him. They knew they wanted to sell the team. So if you sign him to to the big contract like you did, you know that you would never have to pay the money because you knew you weren't going to be there for the length of the contract. But also it makes the sale a bit more appealing to buyers in a sense that they know they've got a stud player there already 
signed up to a contract, maybe they can get a little bit more money for, for, for the club. Yeah. Just a reminder on the pieces that came back, because it's been a few years since it, it was actioned. Stalin Castro, whether you call that the, the centerpiece was the contract was moved, mainly mm-hmm. in full. Stalin Castro, um, Guzman, and Jose Devers, which is Rafael Devers' uh, cousin, I believe, or uh, there's some sort of connection there with those guys. So, um, interestingly, I mean, Stalin's gone now, obviously, but did well. He did well as a Marlin, was just functional. Um, Guzman didn't he stay too- long? Didn't, didn't Mar- uh, Stalin stay longer than most people thought he would? I, I yeah. read when, when the trade happened, they might have thought he might not even ever play a game for you guys. You, you bring him in and you were just going to release him sort of almost straight away. But it turns out he, what, he had two seasons, was he? Was it all just a while? Played out his deal, yeah. They, they, they played out. He, you're right. He, coming in, it was like, is Stalin actually, are they just going to release him? Um, is it just a money move? And so move Stalin. But actually, um, he played, well, in his final season, he played every game. He didn't miss one game, Stalin. He was, I mean, he was a vet guy in a very young team that was rebuilding and he did it well. Like, I, I tip my cap to him. I, I, you know, he did it well. So, yeah, you know, I think what I'm hearing here is you guys remain happy. Mark, what about you, actually, before I summarize that you were happy? The stand and trade, still okay with it? I think, like Jack said, it was a deal we had to do because yeah. we were about the only club that could have done it, could have taken on that contract and not given a whole lot uh, back for it, really. Um, injuries worry me. I My fear is in two, three years, we're going to really regret it. Um, but like Jack says, when he's on, he's on. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when he's off, and he can go through spells when he looks absolutely dreadful at the plate. Um, he can be really off. But just hopefully in this, this, this playoffs, we, we get him when he's, when he's on. Because when, he, when he's on fire, you know, he, just, he just catches it. And you, he's, you can't really pitch to him. No, he's well, in danger to... of hitting everything out. You don't have to tell me that. I mean, he's the guy that made me fall in love with the Marlins. So mm-hmm. I have a strong, strong soft spot for, for Big G in seasons where we were absolutely terrible. And there's been a few of them, but Big G was a big bright spark in some of them where that 59 homer, homer season, mm-hmm. I mean, we were dead. We were dead as a team. Um, but following that in itself was just incredible. So yep. um, we'll always love G. I, I wished him well. It was the right move at the right time. Um, you know, just the health is a, is a challenge for him. Always has been. And, you know, if he can get on on the field, I mean, there's not many other players really like him. But anyway, let's keep it rolling, guys. Um, what, I mean, going into this year, the main story, I think, Mark, was perhaps Garrett Cole, right? Has to be the main headline story from the offseason. So was there anything else? I know Cole was signed, but did anything else happen in the offseason I can't think of? I mean, that was the main one because pitching has been for our, our, probably our, our strong, our biggest weakness for a few years now. And it was getting more and more glaring. So we needed that absolutely lockdown ace, which, you know, is what he's Got become. It. So, it, again, it was the right deal for us to do. In, in terms of other moves that we made, we didn't really make many, did we, Jack, to be honest? That was just the major no, one. He... We're spending 36 million, then he might as well <laughs> go yeah. big or go home, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that was the, the the when you say 370 million for the contract you're not going to do too many more moves there was probably bits and pieces that are eluding me right now but as as mark said the rest of the team was there the rest of the team was there set up ready to go 
we needed that one, or well, maybe not one. We we probably still do need another we, pitcher. We do, yeah. But he was he was the one on the market. They said we're not going to be beaten. We're not gonna we're not gonna have um, maybe even like Patrick Corbin the previous off season where we tried to undercut him. Um, Manny Machado, we tried to undercut him in terms of years and so on. This one we weren't. We we basically went to we flew all the big guns through Andy Pet out to um, California to see him. Brian Cashman, um, and they just said, what do you want? Here's, our, here's an empty check, write, mm. write down what you want, and, and come and be a Yankee. So, yeah, that was that was our white, uh, I think they called him Cashman's white whale. He was the one that they, he was going to get, no matter I, what. I like it. I mean, position of need, you have the money, make the deal, right? Just yeah, get it done. Everything else is ready to rock and roll for you boys, what you said, you know. <clears throat> You have a team that's it. the window is wide open, make it happen. So, mm-hmm. liked it. Um, Jack, going into this 2020 sprint, you know, everything happens. We end up with a 60 game sprint. What, what were your expectations for the Yankees going into it? I, I thought they were obviously it's, it would have been very, very impossible for them to not make the playoffs with, with the expanded playoffs. Um, I expected a little bit better out of them. Um, not gonna. Lie, I didn't think we'd be this. Well, not that we're miles behind the race, but I didn't think we would. Um, I thought we were going to win the league, uh, the division. Mm. Um, but as, as you said, Pete, it's a sixty-game season. You just no one knew what was going to happen. For all our best guesses, for all our using maths and however you wanted to try and figure it out, you just didn't know. So, and 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 as it's turned out, the way the playoffs are, are, are scheduled. Your only home and field advantage is in the three-game wildcard or first round. The rest of it's all there's there's no real benefit to winning the division and running away with it. So, hey, it's um, yeah, I think I was a little I'm a little bit disappointed with the way the way it's gone, but I think you can mainly put it down to injuries. And you know, you guys, you're in the playoffs pretty much year in year out. I'd say you know it's part of who the Yankees are, right? This expanded postseason, does it make it harder to win a World Series, do you think? I mean, there's fundamentally just, there's more teams in it, so you've got more chance to be beaten, right? Absolutely. And the playoffs in, in any event are a bit of a crapshoot. Um, the, the, the whole thing you play the major, the regular season for is just to get there. Once you're there, it is completely different. So with effectively a 16-team shootout, anyone could come and win it. I mean, this season we could find somebody with a losing record who wins the World Series. They get, they get hot at the right time and you mm. can win it because that's what the playoffs are like. All you can do is get there and hopefully you've got the, the right chips at the right time to to go all the way. What what concerns me about the Yankees going far in the playoffs is still the pitching rotation. We've got one lockdown ace in Garrett Cole. We've got a guy who normally does well in a postseason in Tanaka. Beyond that, we're struggling the rotation because Paxton's gone down. I don't think he's going to come back this season. So, like Jack said, I, I'm I'm slightly disappointed. At one stage, we were, you know, with two thirds of the season gone, we were just overall just under 500. Uh, Jack, with the rest of the lads, had a bit of a crisis pod in which they kind of slated the team and then rolled off 10, 10 straight wins. Yeah. So, um, all down to to Jack. Um, hey, I'll take I'll take credit for it. <laughs> and the team can do that. If we get on a roll in, in the playoffs, we, we can reach the World Series, there's no doubt, because we can vote, battle off 10 straight. 
what I suppose the concern that we have is during those 10 games, we didn't really play anybody of that stronger calibre. Okay, the Blue Jays, nice little side, but they're going to end up about 500. The Orioles done better this season, but they're still only a you know, 450, 460 team. They haven't played anybody, A, outside of the East. Um, so we haven't played the White Sox, we haven't played Cleveland, we haven't played Minnesota. All these are strong teams, and the concern is what we're going to do against those kind of teams to win the playoffs. Yeah, it's funny the way... and. You know, we're both in the East, I guess. So this is the funny thing where we've only seen each other, mm-hmm. um, which makes it weird. And, and normally, because you pretty much play most of MLB in, in a whole season, you you kind of forget who's who and you play little series here and there. But I feel like I've got a really good handle on not just the NL East, but the AL East now, because we've had, you know, series with everyone uh, in this condensed time. So... I haven't obviously seen the Yankees yet, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see. I think what I'm hearing, though, guys, really, to sum you guys up, seemingly is streaky. I think that's the word I'm going to use. You streak. 100% there, Pete. I've never, seen, I've never seen a team go cold in games. Not necessarily between games, like you win, win a couple, then you lose a couple. I've seen us go from playing really well in a game to then just, say, first two innings, you'll play really well. Then three, four, five, six, seven, as cold as you can get, and it's it's it's, it's really quite, it can be quite worrying at times. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of like this Yankees team, now I'm going to break it down into three areas and just try and give me a quick grade. We're going to go lineup or hitting, rotation and bullpen. So some sort of grade you know, on, on each of those three, just try and work out where you feel you're at at the moment. Like, what's the strengths, what's the weaknesses of you boys? Well, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll let you take the first one, Mark. You can pick whichever one you want. Okay. Um, okay, I'll take the lineup. I'll give us a B plus. Solid lineup. What's, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What's, it's it's the strength of the team, there's no doubt. What are you missing? What's the missing piece to get you to that, you know, a level up from a B plus? The consistency. Consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's somebody behind I me. Mean, behind, we've had DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt who have carried the offense this year. Luke Voigt's come out of nowhere with his, with, with his home runs. Um, DJ's just the machine, as I've said. Beyond that, we've had people who have been streaky. And streaky can mean in terms of the injuries as well. So, Jack alluded, we have had a lot of injuries. Yes, we have. But you can't complain about that. Every team gets them. That's just the way it is. And as the Yankees, you've got to carry enough depth to, to get over those. But we have missed Judge. We have missed Stanton. We have missed Urshela from time to time. Get them all back in the uh, lineup at the same time. We've got a lineup as strong as anybody in MLB. Absolutely. Just, just one, one guy I'm intrigued about lineup-wise, Clint Frazier. Like, from the outside looking in, I, I never quite know what the Yankees are trying to do with him. It seems like you know, is he, are they trying to trade him? You know, I mean, there's a lot of outfield depth. I mean, that's the point. I mean, you've got Judge Stanton, Hicks, Gardner knocking around still, I guess. So I guess Frazier maybe just by, he's the odd man out. But like, what are the Yankees actually, do? I mean, because he's had a run this year. I think he's actually done well, right? Yeah, he's not, he's not done, to, he's, he's sort of, he's done quite well. I'm not, I can't say he's done, he's done quite well. I, I get the feeling with the Yankees, they try to find excuses not to play him. 
Yeah. So whether that's whether that's his attitude, whether that's um, his fielding, whether that's injuries, they seem to f- try to find a reason to keep him down in the minors, mm. which is is it's a strange one because he could get in what eighty percent lineups across MLB um, in the outfield. So yeah, it's, you're you're just we're just as baffled as you when it comes to that because. Mm. He does say this year he's had his run and he's looked and he's looked good, mm. but in previous years they seem to have tried to find reasons not to play him. Yeah, what's what's helped him this year is he's clearly worked on the field on his fielding in the off season because his fielding last year got some quite high profile, uh, really really poor games, and he's clearly worked on that. So his fielding this year is now adequate, adequate to quite good actually, and that's that's really helped him. His bat's always been there. But his fielding really did let him down from time to time. You know, as a young guy, he needs to field, you know, with when you've got Stanton and a judge and one or two others that need the DH spot, right? Um, mm-hmm. for, you know, Clint needs to be a decent fielder because they, they're using the DH else, elsewhere, I think. I think that's probably the problem. Yeah, spawn, spawn there, Pete. Um, give us, what, what about the, the rotation side, Jack? What do you, what do you feel uh, like? I was just, that, that was the one I was going to pick and, I'm going to go a C. I don't think I could give him any more than a C. You got, you got as, as we've discussed, you've got Cole as your ace, as your number one mm. stud. Tanaka becomes a different animal in the postseason, mm. and a totally different pitcher in the postseason. So there's your one, two, and three is a good, your guess as good as mine. Um, it's probably looking like Hap at the moment, which is not, not going to fill you with loads. He's had a good season, don't get me wrong, but He's getting on a little bit. Is it really? It's not the strongest person you can put out there. And then you start going into youngsters. You start going into Jordan Montgomery, who hasn't really kicked on like Yankee fans would have liked. You've got Debbie Garcia, who is the the up and coming young pitcher, but he's only 21 years old. He's only made four starts, so that's tough. And then once you get past them, you've got again another youngster, Clark Clark Schmidt. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a C is a fair, a fair, um, fair grade for our rotation this season. I'd agree. Gonna, you know, some of these guys at the top end, we know mm-hmm. the guys middle to the bottom that you've kind of listed out there. Um, I don't really know, but we're going to get to see. Uh, we're going to get yeah. to see this weekend. We will. We will. In the second the Garcia on Saturday. It looks like it's going to be Schmidt for his. He's he's come up as a reliever. Um, well, he is a starter, but he's played a couple of games out of the pen this year. So, be int- as Yankee fans, this is what we've been calling. We've wanted him to get his start to see what he can do because that's what he's done his whole career throughout college, through the minors, starting. So, it's a bit unfair to put him in the bullpen. But yeah, you'll you'll see two of our pro- top pitching prospects over the weekend. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see uh, Cole or Tanaka because I think we're going to save him for the the playoffs. Now, the interesting thing about this series is that we haven't got too much to play for. No. Um, you guys conversely have, I know you're sweating on every game at the moment because it, it's, it's very very tight in the in the NL so I don't know whether that's going to work that could work to Marlins advantage in some ways that we haven't got much to play for we're in second place can't get first I think we're going to drop to third um, you guys conversely are going to be scrapping um, but it's also in Yankee Stadium we play far better this year in Yankee Stadium than we have outside as yeah. well so it's going to be an interesting series in that perspective. It, it is. I mean, let's 
Let's dive into the series. Uh, well, actually, Mark, one brief one. Bullpen grade. Yankees bullpen's normally good, right? I mean, it's one of the key strengths. Where, it's, where is it at this year? Um, I'd say it's a B. Um, yeah. Yeah, nothing too much wrong with it. Again, on its day, they, they constructed it in this way so that it was a very, very good bullpen, um, particularly when you've got the likes of, you know, Ottavino, um, Britton and Chapman right at the end. That's very solid. But they've uh, at times blown a few games as well. Hey, that happens. I mean, just be thankful you haven't got the Phillies bullpen. So. Yes. You know, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't want to go there. Dave, Dave loses so much sleep over that bullpen. It's not oh. even funny. <laughs> oh, my days. So, guys, three game series to round it off. Um, kind of fitting. I like the way this has played out where mm-hmm. the Marlins roll into town. We've got a load on the line. Don Manningly coming back to, I guess, well, I guess, new Yankee Stadium, but, you know, back to the Yankees. Jeter back to the Yankees with. You know, like Mark mentioned, everything is on the line. You know, magic numbers two, supposedly, but you know, we hold, we hold the um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Tiebreaker. The tiebreaker over the fills, yeah, because of the the head-to-head. So, you know, I I think probably you know if we win one of these three games, we'll make it, um, and that will leave us smack bang on 500. To go to your point, Mark, actually, of you know, you could get, you know less than 500 teams getting in. But I think if we land on 500 where we're at right now, I think, I think we'll probably sneak it. Um, but anyway, um, it's a three-game series. Sounds like we're at the back end of your rotation. We've got Sandy Alcantara going tonight. Um, but then it gets interesting because we have Trevor Rogers lined up and then Jose Ureña uh, is lined up for Sunday. So from a Marlins perspective, I must say, if it goes to Sunday and it is all on the line, I will be, there'll be new levels of sweating going on for Jose Ureña on the <laughs> that'll, that'll be in-play runs, Pete. That'll be me and you on in-play runs. That'll be, um, oh my days. that'll will. be something else. That will... <laughs> it will be, it's going to be interesting. Um, but from, you know, from the Yankees perspective, do you have any, I mean, it's only seedings, right? You're in, you can't win the division. But you no. can go to the wild card. I think the Blue Jays can catch you, right, um, into that second spot. Is that right? They, they could, but it's unlikely. I think they're still thinking of a couple of games behind us, aren't they, Jack? Yeah, it's, it's for, for the Yankees, from, from sort of my, my perspective for the Yankees is, is trying to get the fourth seed, because obviously you've got the three division winners, mm. and then the fourth seed also gets a home tie. So best of three series at their, at their stadium. So if we could somehow get the fourth seed that would make a massive a massive boost because as Mark said we are a totally different animal in the Bronx compared to, to compared to on the road but I think that might even just be out of our reach we need results to go our way and um, and so on I would probably need to sweep you guys as well the three teams in the central have all got better records than the Yankees at the moment. So I think fourth seed is unlikely, if I'm honest. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be a case of whether we, whether we go to, again, we, we may end up going to Minnesota, we may end up going to Chicago or, or um, Cleveland. We just, we don't know yet, but um, yeah, it's two totally different ends of the spectrum in, in say what people or what teams have to play for. And I, I know you guys are, are all out, if you're throwing out the big guns, you're throwing out the big boys to really try and get to get that um, spot sealed up. Whereas 
Judge, judging by the lineups, I tweeted you earlier on, Peter, we've put up quite a strong lineup today. Probably maybe one of our A A plus lineups, A or A plus lineups. So it'll be an interesting series. I can't wait for it. I think I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We've played the Blue Jays and the Urals for two straight weeks. So we're <laughs> we're a case of anyone new. Played, I think we played seven against the uh, Blue Jays and five against the Orioles and a couple against the Red Sox. So we're, we're happy to play someone different. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it, it obviously means more to the Marlins, right? I mean, that's, um, that's a given. Tonight, it's an absolutely ginormous game for the Marlins because Sandy going for us, he's the ace of the staff mm-hmm. and he has to win. He has to win. Um, if he doesn't, and the Phillies win uh, in their game with Tampa, oh boy, the next two are going to be nail biters. So it's it's intriguing. It's just, you, you, your rotation, your rotation has worked out perfect for you, hasn't it? Really, as you say, you've got your ace of the staff on the most critical game, game one, almost like a almost like a three game playoff series. Playoffs start now, I think, in many ways. I mean, we had a huge... I mean, we had Pablo Lopez going last night in Atlanta. The Braves just give us a huge beat down all week. Um, but Pablo, after a two-hour rain delay on a rainy night in Atlanta, came in and, you know, he's been the, the main anchor for the rotation. He hasn't been one of the COVID guys. So he's been there all year and delivered, like, just a huge, huge plums start, no doubt. And then a, a six... Six out, two inning save from from Brandon Kinsler to get it done at the back end. I mean, the Braves lineup it's it's dangerous. I mean, it's up there with the Yankees, no doubt in terms of in terms of danger. Um, but let's let's try and dive into a series prediction and a predicted MVP. So, Mark, how do you see it going? Secondly. Who's going to be the standout for this one? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't think it'll be a sweep for either side. Um, I'll call it 2-1 Yankees. It wouldn't surprise me if it went 2-1 Marlins. Um, as for a series MVP, I think Judge is due. Um, yeah, I think Judge is due. Just to get a bit, a bit of form behind him just for the playoffs will be quite nice, I think. Yeah, sounds good. Jack? Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Marlins. I think maybe it's because you guys want it more, in essence, because you guys are fighting for your for your playoff lives. So I think that will play a big factor in it. I think it'll be a 2-1 Marlins that normally go against the Yankees. But I think because of that factor, I think you win. And if you're winning two games, that means it has to be a Marlins MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with a guy on your T-shirt, Miggy Rowe. I yeah. think he, he's, a ca- he's effectively the captain, isn't he? Yes. So, so yeah, I think he'll step up and 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 come big for you guys. Love it. I think we're gonna. I think it'll be two one Marlins too for the same reasons. The boys need it, and I, I the Yankees don't need it really. And I think they'll be the, the foot will slightly come off the gas as we kind of get through the weekend. So, be interesting. What do you think the all time record is, um, Marlins Yankees? What do you reckon it is all time regular season? How many games? We how many games have been played? Thirty four. 34, I reckon 20, or four, 20 to 14 to the Yankees. Jack? Yeah, I, I, I would go around that kind of area as well, Mark. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe the Marlins might even have a better record than us. I don't know. I think I, I will sneak it Yankees, though. 
17 and 17. <laughs> yeah, we got a, a, regular... a funny feeling you guys play well against us, you know. Yeah. Well, the postseason record, guys, we probably won't dwell on because there's no, only that's not. games. <laughs> but I don't think you guys will want to hear how that one played out. But, uh, you know... Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that one, Pete. I remember it well, Exactly. Well, I, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of that point, but I, I've heard stories since. And I must say, David Sampson shared a great one about it when, that, when they won the World Series in Yankee Stadium. Uh, uh, Josh Beckett... Complete game shutout, Florida Marlins, all celebrating in Yankee Stadium. The owner shuts the power off. I mean, uh, there you go. I think by, by all accounts, though, he did end up turning the power back on uh, for them to continue the celebrations. But as the story goes, um, yeah, the power was shut off, and I think they wanted the Florida Marlins out of there. But, I mean, incredible scenes that that Florida Marlins team, 2003, you know, the, the ride they went on, I mean, a true wildcard team that year and, and culminating in that 4-2 uh, win in Yankee Stadium. In, incredible, really. Um, guys, from a, from a Yankees perspective, Mark, like, when the Yankees are in the postseason, what's the expectation now? How, how do you see it playing out? The, the, the expectation every year as a Yankees fan is the World Series. There's, there's nothing else. Um, the reality, of course, is something different, but the expectation has to be to get there. And to be honest, we have the tools to get there. Mm -hmm. we, we do, barring maybe one more starting pitcher, I think. We have the lineup to get there. We have the ace who's going to carry us in. We'll have two games. It, it, it's the backup to the, the pitching that is the concern. But yes, the expectation of every Yankee fan is the World Series. Yeah. Jack, what about long-term prospects? So this 2020 season will be done. Let's say we're back to 162 next year and, and you know, everything carries on back as normal, let's say. How, how are the Yankees shaping up like kind of more mid to long-term based on kind of where you're at, both financially and farm and everything? Um, yeah, it's, I think we're good. For, we're set for the next, as, as Mark said, barring one more starting pitcher. It doesn't have to be an ace. Um, it has to be sort of the top end rotate. So it's not that you're, you're out and out ace like a Garrett Cole because Tanaka's deal's up. So we debate whether we're going to re-sign him. Mm -hmm. Paxton's deal's up. Sorry, he probably won't come back. Um, and then as you get further and further down the years, that's when, as Mark said, the Stanton contract could come back to bite us because you're going to eventually going to have to pay Judge you're going to have to pay Sanchez. You're going to have to pay all these young players that we've got on the cheap, effectively. Mm -hmm. So that Stanton contract could stop us from either off. It shouldn't because we're the Yankees. We, we print money quicker than we can spend it. There is no luxury. There is, there is no cap. There's a luxury tax, which the owners make out to be something like, it's, like it is a cap when it isn't. Um, so, yeah, we, we're set for the next few years but um if you're really looking if you want to know deep, uh, years and years down the line we've got a young prospect called jason dominguez who is as far as i've seen and we all know prospects get hyped up mm -hmm. he's a switch hitting outfielder and his nickname is the martian and i know you'll like someone like that that's right down your street it's nickname called the martian and he is Absolutely. you see pictures of him he's 16 i think he might just have turned 17 and he is built like a 
He's ripped. Like like an oh, NFL yeah. player, effectively. Yeah, so he's ripped. He is, um, he's one for the way down the line. But you never know the rate some of these players are coming up, like your Sotos and your Bryce Harper a few years ago. Yeah. They could come up quicker than what, what you realise. And he could be, he's a centre fielder. And yes, but for the, for the next, for the foreseeable future, we're, we're kind of set, I think, barring the, the top end of our rotation with exception to Carl. What about this um, division, Mark? I mean, when I look at things right now, the East, to me, looks like it's going to be in, very intriguing for the next few years, in my opinion, anyway. You know, yourselves, mainstays, the Rays are just doing the Rays things as they, as they do. But, you know, these Blue Jays are coming on. I know the Sox are, are terrible this year, but, you know, they, they love to hit the reset button and come back strong. And then, you know, the O's are in a, in a build similar to the Marlins. And, you know, it's only a matter of time till you know, if they play it right, they come around. So, for me, you've got, you know, on the face of it, five potentially strong teams in what, the next, you know, in two years' time, perhaps, a year's time? Funnily enough, and it's it, it a little bit sad, I think the Red Sox are the weakest team in the division now. Yeah. Um, both in terms of the quality they've got and the farm system isn't good because Dombrowski drained it to, mm-hmm. to win the World Series. So, actually, the Red Sox are probably the worst team, I'd suggest, over the next three years. The Orioles are getting better, but they're still not at the standard. The team to really watch, okay, apart from the, the Rays who just do everything really well and that they are a quality outfit, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are the teams that got a lot of good young players, all who are sons of former major leaguers, so seemingly. Yeah. Um, they're the team, that, if you listen to our podcast, that we talk about probably the most as the ones to watch. Yeah, they, they love a bloodline, don't they, them guys? I mean, everyone's the son of someone who's been a stud historically. So I like what they're doing. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen them obviously this year and um, dangerous guys, dangerous lineup, nice, you know, just good ball players too. Um, they look a fun they, very, they very much remind me of us in 27, uh, 2027, 2017, sorry. The, the pitching's not quite there. They've got mm. Ryu and they sort of struggle after that. But they're young, talented, everyday players, your Guerreros, your Pachettes, your Biggios, um, Hernandez in, in, in the outfield. That's just the, off the top of my head. But that they've got the core of a long, a long-standing team there. Add a few bits of pitching and they are the ones that I'm most worried about mm. being sort of our um, pain in the backside for the next few years going down the line. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because when obviously when we've played them, there's comparison. They're a year ahead of us, perhaps, but there's comparisons being drawn to you know the Marlins and the Blue Jays are kind of progressing in in similar ways. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, guys. Let's finish it up. The AL representative of the World Series will be obviously the Yankees. Who do you think you'll be playing? In the World Series, though, who's going to be your best guess, the NL representative in the World Series? Start with you, Mark. For me, it's going to be the Dodgers. I know it's going to be a very predictable choice, but I just think they're the class outfit of the NL. I think this is their year. Yeah, do you think, do you think they'll beat you? Have, you? have you met them? I'll be honest, I think they're the better team than we are. Yeah. In a seven-game series, anything could happen. We could beat them, but um, ultimately, I, I just got a feeling this is the Dodgers year. I think they're the class side of MLB at the moment. Yeah. I mean, they, I haven't seen any of their games, so I actually 
haven't eyeballed anything, um, which is how I operate. Like I, I tend to get a decent feel for how teams are going with eyeballs on them. But, you know, I think the general feedback is their top draw. So yeah. they're going to be hard to beat. I think someone mentioned, I can't remember who it was, but someone mentioned, you know, it's possible that the Giants will be the eighth seed, um, perhaps. And then you end up with a, a, a Dodgers-Giants wild card and, you know, strange things could happen in that series, perhaps, and the Giants knock them off. I mean, that would be 2020 baseball to a T, right? But um, we're probably all wishing on that one. But what about you, Jack? Same, same view on the Dodgers making it? Um, the same view on the Dodgers being the class act of, of the NL. I think they're, they're above anyone. But their history suggests they're a bit of a chokers. They, they don't seem to handle pressure well when it really comes down to it. So I'm going I'm I'm to go for the Cubs. I think the Cubs are a sneaky good team this year. Um, I, don't, I think the Braves might cause a few. As you said, Pete, they're, 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 a, they're a very good team up and down but I think their pitching might come up a bit short in when it comes to real high quality innings kind of thing but yeah I think the Cubs I'm I'm, I'm gonna go for the Cubs I think we'll be the Cubs yeah Cubs interesting one I I mean the top two seeds Braves and um and Dodgers right now um both look strong you're right on the on the Braves starting pitching's the the challenge for them uh it's it's obvious but bullpen's insane They've just been one hell of a bullpen group uh, all year, and the lineup is its just ridiculous. The production they're getting out of those guys, you know, Travis Darno is just insane. Ozuna's insane. Duval's insane. You know, they're guys that they've just pieced together that are just all just going bananas. Plus, you've got Freddie Freeman, Albies, and, and Acuna. So, oh, it's a, it's... It's tough. Trust me, it's been a tough week watching them. And, you know, as you know, my TV has felt the brunt of it as well uh, earlier in the season. With, uh, with, with... <laughs> It certainly did. <laughs> Still need to sort that one out, actually. But, um, guys, I think that's it for this evening. Um, unless I've missed anything. Have I missed anything that we needed to talk about? Um, I suppose it's quite fitting that we're, having, we're recording this podcast on the six years to the day since Jeter played his final game for the Yankees, which is quite a nice little sort of put a bow on it. Six years ago, he hit that walk-off single in, in his final game at Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, that's a nice little way to end, I think. I wonder if he'll be there. I don't know if he's travelled with the team, actually. Um, he, he hasn't done much since he's retired. I don't know if you've noticed this, Mark. He hasn't done much other than his sort of shirt retiring ceremony. He hasn't done much sort of appearances at Yankee Stadium. He's kept away, I think, off the top of my head. I haven't no, he has. And the old time of days, he's, he's stayed away from those as well. I think he's trying to identify himself with the Marlins, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. He's not ashamed of the Yankees in any stretch of the imagination, but he's just trying to align himself with the Marlins right now. And which that's is fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. He's, 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 that's, that's his club now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one he puts all his time and effort into doing, and he's doing a very good job. He's, he's made a professional unit, which is what I like. And you mentioned earlier on, Pete, he took that thing out of centre field. It may be boring. Some people may think it's boring and plain, but even just to change your logos, your uniforms look smart now. You look like a professional baseball team, whereas not saying you were a bit of a, like a joke before, but little things like that just make the professionalism throughout an organisation sort of work. Yeah, it was a bit gimmicky in the past, wasn't it? And, you know, they were the approach was just 
it wasn't deep rooted in baseball. Let's say it didn't have that. It was just a bit showbiz and a bit gimmicky. I think you know, which is okay. I think you know, it's it's a, it's a tough market for Miami and with baseball. And there's you know, there's a lot of deep rooted history there that obviously I don't have a, a great deal of knowledge about directly. But you know, it's an interesting market. Um, a lot of people I feel now. I've always been bought into Jeter's approach. I, the, the thing I liked most was he came out with a strategy and clearly defined what it was and hasn't wavered from it. And for me, it's delivering on that strategy. So that's the point, right? I mean, that's how, whether it's a baseball organization, a business, whatever it is, you come out, you've got a clear strategy and you can deliver on it. That's a good sign. It's, when... well, it's, it's a bit like, obviously, because with the Yankees, we, we're very, we're known for being a very almost boring we're we're very, we don't have the, we have the beard, facial hair all with no long hair and et cetera, et cetera. So people call us like, a bit boring and kind of, there's no like, all sort of, you're not allowed to express yourself, but we win. And as a fan base, that's what you want your team to do first and foremost. So I think he's come in and he's, I say the word I use is professional. You're a very professional, well-run organization now and people may not like it, but it's definitely showing on the on on the field that you're you're going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, perfect way to end it, I'd say. Um, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Great. I mean, great hearing from you boys about the Yankees. It's you know, it's a it's a massive franchise that you know the name, but there's so much going on in baseball. It's hard to follow. It's actually really hard to follow anyone but the team that you actually follow. So, it's been really insightful, guys. Um, I am hoping that we come out of this, both of us in, in the postseason. It would be, it would be awesome. If should, should, we, should we do a World Series preview when that comes around, yeah? That would be beautiful. Mar- Marlins-Yankees World Series. Let's do it. We could have a joint Fish Across the Pond and Empire Strikes Back podcast for that one. <laughs> if, that, if that comes to pass. That is the dream, boys. I've, I've got to book <laughs> in if that is going to happen. So... Right, guys, we're bang out of time. It is pretty much one hour until first pitch now uh, for the first game of this uh, of the final series of the regular season. So, Mark Blakemore, Jack Brown, guys, appreciate it. A lot of fun. Um, Thanks, Pete. Thanks, we Pete. will be back uh, very soon with part two of this Fish Across the Pond doubleheader. And we'll also be back... Uh, stri- well, probably during the weekend uh, but for now that's episode 65 in the books thanks again Mark thanks again Jack and go fish <laughs>